This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business, and it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation, like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. And now it's time for a deep South legend that's been keeping it real here in Atlanta for over two decades. It's the Buck Baloo Show, only on The Fan. All right, Buck, get dressed. All right, welcome to the Buck Baloo Show here on The Fan, 680 and 93.7. Happy Thursday, everybody. As I uh, change clothes here in the studio, getting ready for Falcons football coming up on Sunday. I've been a Falcons fan for a long, long time growing up in South Georgia. Great to hear Matt Ryan on the station today on that locker room show. And apparently Freddie the Falcon showed up. Rise up! And left me a Falcons t-shirt that I'm putting on, well, I just put on. Looking good, Buck. Going to do the show in my Falcons gear today. As we get ready for kickoff on Sunday. Got Road Dog ready to roll. So is DT. As always, we got a lot to get to. So let's get to it. Bucks. Big. Take. Well, as you know, the NFL season kicks off tonight with the world champs apparently in a heap of trouble. The Chiefs are going to be mixing it up with the rough and tough Detroit Lions without two of their best players. Travis Kelsey's knee is compromised. Defender Chris Jones wants a big raise and can't get one. Patrick Mahomes, I know he's great, but he can't do it alone. He needs a little bit of help. But uh, here in Atlanta, we don't care about KC, man. We care about the Falcons. And as you know, our team has made us Falcons fans suffer through five consecutive losing seasons. Mr. Blank, we need an opening day victory. Let me repeat, Falcons fans desperately need a win over the Panthers on Sunday. Coach Arthur Smith's three-year plan has reached the point where the time is now. Enough of the losing. Get us a victory. Now, I'm ready to give up the fight, or those seats are going to be empty again this season. And there's your big take as we get the show underway. So, yeah, the season kicks off tonight. You guys fired up about this? Uh, DT, what do you think? Lions going to take down the Chiefs in Kansas City tonight? Yeah, Buck, I am. I'm fired up. I, I, that's the beautiful thing about the NFL. I get, get really excited about it every year. I'm just excited like I said, I mean, I, I can get excited for, for a Chiefs-Lions, a good matchup on a Thursday night. <clears throat> but for the first time in four or five years, Buck, I'm actually really looking forward to watching the Falcons play on Sunday. Yeah, the Lions, they got that rugged head coach, man. I mean, I think he's sleeping on a cot at the complex. Chewing on kneecaps, man. And he is a lot like our coach, Arthur Smith. They believe these games are won and lost on the line of scrimmage. The Lions are like the Falcons in that we play bully ball. And coming up a little later in the show, 
take a look ahead to Sunday and what the Falcons are looking at as far as the matchup with the Panthers goes. The uh, Big Take brought to you by your locally owned and operated Ace Hardware. Find your neighborhood store at acehardware.com. 10 o'clock hour on the fan brought to you by Dupree Plumbing. Go with the plumber I trust and score $50 off your next plumbing service at dupreeplumbing.com. And I want to talk a little Braves baseball right now. Want to look ahead to the postseason. Who could upset the Braves before we get to the World Series? Buck, I don't like this topic. Well, it comes to mind. Don't have to worry about the Cardinals. They won't be in the postseason. That's funny. Road Dog just said hopefully it's not the Cardinals. And, yeah, luckily they won't be seeing the Cardinals in yeah, the postseason. Cardinals, uh, they, they only played uh, good baseball the last two days. The rest of the year. Decided to just start mashing out of nowhere. Yeah, the rest of the year they've been pretty lousy. So who could upset the Braves come postseason time in the National League? Could it be the Phillies? Not again. Please, Lord, don't let it be the Phillies. Bring on the weak-ass Phillies. I would agree with that one, Buck. Could it be the Cubs? Dansby Swanson and the Cubs. Does that make you nervous? I don't think they have the firepower. Yeah, they don't really concern me that much. Uh, Brewers. Brewers concern you? Yeah, it's a good it's a good baseball Boy, team. Boy, they got that closer. They, if, they, if they have the lead, they're not giving it up. Yeah, like they gave up on their team last year, and some would say this year. Uh, Brewers don't scare me as much either, Buck. And the way we own the Dodgers, I don't see them taking us down. Now, Dodgers are, are a good team, Buck. Uh, they just took three having, out of four from Absolutely. Them. Well, the Cardinals are about to take t- two out of three, hopefully. Uh, from the Braves, so you know it comes and goes. Yeah, but they won't be in the postseason. They're dealing with their the, the Dodgers. We mean they're dealing with some issues themselves for sure. But I mean, you know, still got Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, etc. Still a still a dangerous club. All right, let me pose the question more one more time: Who could upset the Braves in the National League postseason on the way to the World Series? Are you being Jim Harbaugh, and we're supposed to say no? Let, let me answer the question. Any of those teams I just mentioned. If the Braves pitch like they have the last two nights, any of those teams could take us down come postseason time. Phillies, Cubs, Brewers, Dodgers, Marlins. So I hate to use a cliche, Buck, but what you're saying when you say that is basically if the Braves played the way they're supposed to play, the way we know they play, they can play. Well, there's not a team that can beat them. So and, and, and not to use the cliche, the only team that can beat the Braves is themselves. Well, no, I'd, I'm going to say any of those teams I brought up could beat the Braves in the postseason. If they pitch like this. If we pitch like we have the last two nights. And specifically to me, it's the bullpen. And I know the uh, the rotation, the, the starters in these first two games against the Cardinals uh, had a rough couple of first innings. Uh, first, second inning. Next thing you know, we're down 4 nothing, 5 nothing, right out of the gate. But the way the Braves score the ball, use one of those basketball terms, the way we hit the ball, I think it's the bullpen that is the key to our success come postseason time. I mean, you can count on the Braves are going to be able to score some runs in the postseason. You can count on that. We're deep one through nine. We got guys that can hit it out of the ballpark one through nine. We've got the best lineup, the best batting order, the best offense in Major League Baseball. We're going to be able to count on that. The big question will be, can the bullpen deliver? 
We don't have an overpowering bullpen, which most baseball analysts will look at come postseason time, and they look for that. Okay, who's got the most power arms coming out of the bullpen? Who can come in and strike people out? That's not really us. I mean, we've got a couple of guys that can rush it up there. But other teams, these teams that I've already mentioned, they got two, three guys that they can bring in and overpower a lineup. Get out of trouble. And I tell you what, if you want to look for an example of how we fail come postseason time, if we fail, how it would happen, I think it's the last two nights. We're able to overcome when we get down first inning four to nothing. When it's after two innings, we're down five nothing. I don't even sweat. I'm not even concerned because I know we're going to score some runs. The key being our bullpen can allow the opponent, when we take the starter out of the game, to extend the lead. And that's what's happened in game one. Bullpen allowed four runs in game one of the series against the Cardinals. Game two, bullpen allowed five runs. I mean, we're down 5-1 to in the fourth inning. No problem, man, if our bullpen can shut the opponent down the rest of the way. We can come back. We're not out of the game. But when the bullpen allows the opponent to extend the lead, when it's 5-1 to and we make it 5-4, to and before we come up to hit again, it's now 8-4, to that's the problem. And that would be the problem come postseason time, in my humble opinion. Cardinals have been feasting on us, man. 21 runs, 26 hits, eight home runs in the first two games of the series. Now, the Cardinals are thinking, goodness, if we had played like this, we'd be heading back to the postseason again. Spencer Strider, the shortest start of his short career. You saw it last night, two and two and two thirds. Let's hear from Spencer after the ball game, talking about the focus, his focus, come postseason time. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, we're 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 gonna be all right, right where we want to be. Um, you know, I uh, not exactly sure when pitching next but you know the plan is to just go out and um you know not not have one like i did today and try and give us a chance to win that's that's really the goal in the postseason is um there's gonna be a lot of a lot of things that happen that uh you're gonna have to deal with that you're not gonna like and um you know i've got to like i said i gotta figure out how to be effective when those things happen and um i didn't today 21 runs and 26 hits eight home runs in two games cardinals are feasting on what we're throwing at them right now Beautiful part, though, Buck. You said you almost felt like you were, certainly game one, felt like they really had a legitimate shot in coming back. And yeah, game two also. Toyed with it last night until the, the home run late. Uh, so, yeah, that's the beautiful thing about this team. And I love to see it, not to be such a fanboy. I love to see the, the crowds at Truist Park. They know that, too. They're sticking around through these uh, through these beatdowns, knowing that the Braves are going to come through at some point. And yeah, but the bullpen's the key. Yeah, too little, too late, I mean, thanks huge. to the bullpen the last two nights. Yeah. We've got to get this thing figured out. We got to get it figured out, man. Postseason time can't be going down to some of these teams you dominated during the season. That is a bad look. 
All right, coming up on the other side, we got a huge game this weekend, Alabama and Texas. I got an insider who's going to join us and break it down for us coming up next. You got the Baloo Show here on the fan, 680 and 93.7. Roll down tide. This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. And 680 and 93.7. Appreciate you hanging out Monday through Friday, 10 to 11. We're talking a lot of college football, NFL getting cranked up this weekend. We'll be all over it. You can count on us for Braves talk also. No time to fool around on this show. And got a big game coming up on Saturday. In fact, week two's premier matchup. It's a rematch of a game out in Austin, Texas, a year ago that went down to the wire. And we get it in Tuscaloosa coming up Saturday night. We got Texas taking on Alabama. And let's go to the Hobson and Hobson newsmaker line and bring on a former Alabama quarterback, Tyler Watts, the new color analyst for the Crimson Tide, going to be working with Eli Gold, one of the legends. Tyler, man, we appreciate your time, and you must be looking forward to working with Eli. Yeah, I've, I've uh, enjoyed last week, obviously, my first opportunity as the full-time color guy there in the booth working with Eli. And this actually was actually the third game that I had called with him, although the previous two were over 10 years ago after Kenny Stabler had, had left the broadcast. There was an interim year where they kind of rotated guys in and out, and I had an opportunity to call the Alabama-Arkansas game and then also the Sugar Bowl uh, where we got beat by Utah. So this is my third opportunity, although it's been several years. But it was fun. It was fun to see him get back in the swing of things. Of course, he missed all of last year with, with an illness. And just to watch him over the last month as we called a couple of scrimmages together. But to, to see him get stronger and stronger every week with his voice and his broadcast. And he's kind of getting back in form now. All right. You got the Longhorns coming up Saturday night. Tuscaloosa of Alabama, seven-and-a-half-point favorite in the game. Game of the week nationally. I know the fan base is fired up. Looking forward to this one. Close game a year ago. Went down to the wire. You expecting another one of those, or do you think Alabama puts a whooping on them? <laughs> I don't ever buy into the whole we're about to whip the, the dog nuts out of any. And especially when, when you have recent bias that, you know, you have to trust your eyes in what you saw last season. And, and Grant was 11 o'clock kickoff, and we know how teams struggle with 11 o'clock kickoff sometimes. And, and Texas was hot, hit a couple of big plays. And I know a big topic of discussion has been Quinn Ewers and his inability to throw the ball deep downfield and, and complete those. I think he was over seven last, last week and really didn't have a ton of success last year with the deep ball. But he did versus Alabama last year. 
And it's one of those situations where sometimes, you know, you, you go against a guy and he's just kind of got your number. And so until I see him throw several incomplete passes, I'm always going to be worried because the deep threat, you, you, you hit a couple of those, you hit three or four of those, and all of a sudden you got 21, 28 points. That's, that's tough to overcome. Tyler, we had a lot of content during the offseason this year, and a lot of that had to do with who was going to be Alabama's quarterback this coming year. And, you know, they kept it a secret until the very last minute last week. Jalen Milrow, who I thought might emerge as the guy, uh, really impressive against uh, Middle Tennessee State. What do you like about his skill set? How much has he improved from what you saw a year ago? Was it all about accuracy, just getting becoming a more accurate passer because it seems like he had every other skill that you're going to need to be successful. Well, for the last 15 to 20 years, an accurate quarterback has been the difference maker in college football because there's, they've been few and far between. Um, Alabama has recently been very spoiled with having a string of really accurate, good quarterbacks who are all now playing in the NFL. And Jalen Milrow was always a guy with a ton of talent. Um, but, the takeaway last year in his one start versus Texas A&M, he played well outside of the three turnovers that he had. He put the ball on the ground and he threw a couple of picks. So those are things of decision-making, not necessarily from the talent standpoint. I don't know. I mean, maybe he's gotten a little bit more accurate. Um, he's not as good as what Bryce was, Young was, obviously. But it's, it's something that you just hope that he continues to improve because he's, he has all the other intangibles that you would love to have in your quarterback. He's strong. He's got, a, he's got a strong arm. He throws a good deep ball. The intermediate pass is something he struggles with a little bit. But when things break down, if he, if he will decide not to force the issue in the passing game and just pull it down and run it, he can make a lot of explosive plays because he is, he is awfully talented with the ball in his hands. Tyler, who are the playmakers? Who will they be this year? I saw Isaiah Bond. He's from Buford High School, Metro Atlanta here. Had a big week last week. Had a long touchdown pass uh, reception. Jermaine Burton, we know all about him. Former Georgia player. Uh, Justice Haynes looks like he's getting a little time at running back. Who do you see emerging as the go-to guys to get the ball to this season? You know, as far as, 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 far as the wide receiver core goes, I, I think it's going to be – by committee once again for the second year in a row. I don't think they truly have a dominant alpha guy out there at the wide receiver who you're like, when things are in doubt, we're going here. It's going to be more of a committee, take what the defense got gives you, and it's it's not always a bad thing. Uh, it puts a lot of strain on defense when you're like that. And we're trying to be like Georgia a little bit, where we're trying to get some more involvement with the tight ends. And we don't have a Brock Bowers yet, but we're working on it, and we're trying to incorporate some of those guys as well, Amari Nyblak has done a good job at the tight end position. We have to transfer C.J. Dupree, who came in from Maryland, who has done a nice job, and then Robbie Utes also. So we have the ability now to go 12 and 13 personnel and hopefully do a good job of line scrimmage running. But those guys can also get out in space and, and, cut and, and run some good routes. So hopefully, hopefully we can put enough things together to kind of make a run at it. But I don't think there's a dominant guy uh, on playmaker on the outside yet, but things can change. All right, you got a new offensive coordinator who apparently loves to pound the football at people. I, I was talking about during the offseason, Alabama under Tommy Reese with a new quarterback and this offensive line they've got and a stable full of running backs. They're going to get back to this ground and pound thing this year. Is that the strength of the team? Is the O-line and even the D-line talking about the line of scrimmage? Uh, you guys have recruited very well 
on that line of scrimmage? You know, over the last several years, I've watched several offensive lines come through Tuscaloosa and ones that you weren't necessarily impressed with in week one and just being able to dominate and run for 300 yards like what we used to see in the 80s and 90s, right? But by the end of the season, you realize that it just took a little bit of time, but they got better and better each week. And and obviously, if, if Alabama is not going to be a pass-first type of offense this year, they want to be balanced. But let's don't get carried away. It's not going to be 75% run either. You have to be able to throw the football. And the more effective you are, though, running for three and four or five yards a pop, the better your passing game is going to be because you're forcing the defense to commit more guys into the box. You're taking away that element of it. And it creates more one-on-one opportunities, more space in the secondary for the passing game to develop. And it'd be easier for the wide receivers and the quarterback to kind of diagnose what's going on and take advantage of it. So it's something that's, you know, some weeks are going to be better than others. You're going to look better in the fourth quarter, hopefully, than you do in the first and second. But it's just hopefully you can wear on that opponent uh, although they're going to have a difficult time this week versus Texas as that defensive front is over 315 pounds across the front. Uh, but you have to be balanced, and you have to be committed to sticking with the run even when it's not working early on. Tyler, we've uh, we've appreciated you coming on the show the last two years, so this is the third year in a row. And I got a kick out of you being a little reluctant to come on this year. Can you share with the audience listening right now, why your reluctance to come on the show this time around? What, what did I tell you the other day? I've already forgotten. Well, you said because the last two years you've come on yeah. the show and Georgia's won the national championship. I know it. And even when we, you know, and if, if this all goes back to the conversation we had after the SEC championship in 2021 when Alabama had won. And you had invited me on, and I came on, and you said, well, what were your thoughts on the game? And I know fully well you were expecting me to go, well, I'm going to win this game by two or three touchdowns again. Why wouldn't they? And I said, I don't have a good feeling about this. I think that with the loss that, that we've sustained at the wide receiver position, we're thin there. And I just think it's – I don't think y'all played particularly well in several plays. Um, and I think that y'all are going to get us. And dadgummit, y'all beat us that game. And then you won another one last year. So, yeah, I don't want to come on your show no more. <laughs> well, I mean, we had to bribe you this time to get you on. Take so the check with get me on your show. Yeah, now, the, you've been good over the years. We've gone back a long way. Had a, had had fun calling several Alabama Georgia games together on the playbacks, and uh, it's always a pleasure to be on your show. Tyler, thanks so much for your time, man. Best of luck working with Eli Gold. I know this is going to be fun for you this year, and look forward to talking with you down the road, man. I appreciate it, buddy. Thank you. Tyler Watts, former Alabama quarterback and a new color analyst for the Crimson Tide this season as we look forward to that game Saturday night. How exciting must that be for him? Yeah, working with a legend, starting a new season like that. Yeah, Watts, is he's a legend over there in Alabama. And uh, congrats, man. I uh, want to uh, say congratulations to somebody that's about to win two tickets to go see Sam Hunt at Ameris Bank Amphitheater. And that is uh, coming up, coming up uh, here very soon. So we need to give these tickets away. 404-231-1680, the number. Road Dog's going to take the second caller and present you with a pair of tickets to go see the former Cedartown All-State High School football player. It's made it big in the music injury, uh, industry. Sam Hunt, Ameris Bank Amphitheater. If you don't win right now, you can find tickets at Live Nation. Dot com. The best in college football and the NFL. Five, five, four, four. 
Presented by your locally owned and operated Ace Hardware. Find your neighborhood store at acehardware.com. Thank you, Ace. All right, Buck. We're we're here. College football's in full swing. NFL getting ready tonight. So, put you on the spot immediately, Buck. Drop a college football and an NFL winner on us. Oh, one of each. Yeah, come on. I'll take Alabama. I'll give up the seven. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Okay. They'll take down Texas. Mm. Ground and pound. NFL, uh, I'm going going the Jaguars. I'll give up the five. They're in Indianapolis taking on the Colts. I think it's going to be a long year for the Colts and a great year for the Jags. So I'm going to go Trevor Lawrence in that one. Alabama minus seven, Jags minus five. Jags minus five. You okay, Buck. Yeah, right. I'm gonna, we're keeping track. Yeah, I like those. Okay. Well, we talked about Alabama, Texas. We could talk about it all show if we wanted to. But outside of Alabama and Texas, Buck, reveal your most entertaining game here in week two of college football. Uh, Georgia and Ball State. Okay. No, I'm teasing. Hopefully it won't be super tight. Yeah. No, I don't expect it to be. <laughs> okay, good. I would say uh, Ole Miss and Tulane. Yeah, okay. Yes, sir. You know, Tulane's got this quarterback. He's a star, this Michael mm-hmm. Pratt. Did you see him play a year ago? A little bit, yeah. Game one this season, last week, he was 14 of 15 throwing the ball around. That's efficient, Buck. I mean, their offense is really, really good with Pratt stirring the drink. He can run it. He can throw it. They go up tempo. This game's in New Orleans. And you know Ole Miss is going to score. Jackson Dart off to a good start last week. They've got weapons. They've got a good scheme. Yeah, I think this is going to be like a game in the 30s. Like, uh, you know, something like 38-31. High-scoring affair. Yeah, High-scoring back and forth. Uh, excellent quarterback play. I would say if you're looking for an entertaining game under the radar, it's Ole Miss and Tulane. That sounds like a party. Those Ole Miss people headed out to New Orleans, they're going to be. Yes, sir. That like a big old weekend down on the and bayou. I think those Tulane fans, they've been known to party down Oh, yeah, also. absolutely. I'm just saying, you throw in a, a whole bunch of people from Oxford mixing in, and that sounds like a big one. All right, Buck. What receiver? I heard this recently. You fell in love with a receiver last weekend. Who was it? Well, I seem to fall in love with a receiver often. Yeah, you like those big guys, don't you, Buck? Yeah, and I tell you, man, back in the day, I fell in love with Lindsey Scott. He was pretty good. Man, I tell you, I was helping recruit Lindsey. <laughs> uh, last week, I fell in love with Keon Coleman from Florida State. Oh, yes. Seminole receiver. Had three touchdown catches, uh, nine catches overall against LSU. Transferred in from Michigan State. Now, here's the the strange thing about Keon Coleman. He's from Louisiana. That's where he grew up and played high school ball. Signed with Michigan State and went away. Was not recruited by LSU. That doesn't sound right. And then he was not offered by LSU in the transfer portal. So what is LSU doing? Do they not know a good receiver when they see one? I mean, their history tells us that they do know a good receiver when they when they see one. This guy is so talented. When he went to Michigan State, he actually played for Izzo on the basketball team. Ooh, okay, yeah. I mean, so he's playing basketball and So football. it's funny, but I wasn't sure where you were going here, but I thought you might pick a big wide receiver because you well, like big is. wide receivers. But on top, he's yes, he's a big, strong dude. I was most impressed with, though, his athleticism, his change of direction, the agility with that size. That's that's pretty rare. Yeah, six foot four, matchup advantage for FSU. And a guy that can move, huh? 
He looked at the Florida State situation and thought two things. One, I'm the missing piece. The big matchup advantage offensively. And two, that NIL deal Florida State was throwing out was looking pretty sweet. Looking for I'll tell you what, the homeboys missed out on him. Bad job by LSU. You wouldn't think he'd get outside of the state of Louisiana. Yeah, you wouldn't think. All right. Well, what uh, quarterback situation are you most envious, Buck? If you could switch places with a quarterback, who would it be? Well, uh, you know, I think it would probably be the Tennessee Volunteers backup quarterback. <laughs> Being a backup's kind of fun, huh? Uh, Nico Iamala-Ava. Well done, Buck. Yeah, Iamala-Ava. Now, he's the backup. He's a five-star recruit. And I saw where Josh Heupel was doing uh, their old school at Tennessee. They still have the head coach call-in show, which a lot of the schools have dropped completely. They've got Vol Calls, the Vol Calls show up in Knoxville that Heupel does. And Heupel's saying about Iamala Ava, Nico, I'll call him is the plan is to play him all season long. They're, they're not even going to think about redshirting the guy. So if you play in more than four games, you, you, can be, uh, you can't be redshirted. They're planning on playing him every chance they get. Every week they're looking to get Nico in the game. Five-star recruit. Went two for three against Virginia in the season opening game. He's going to get playing time against Austin P. Uh, coming up on Saturday. Probably play a lot. And he's the only other volunteer scholarship quarterback, by the way. And reportedly talking about the NIL collective, dude, he's he's making more than Joe Burrow is right now. <laughs> so yeah, just so get that new the, deal. Uh, the money, the skill, the the scheme at Tennessee. This guy is in a really good place. All right, but we got to f- close out this top five here. Let's talk some tennis. U.S. Open. Getting uh, in the nitty-gritty. We're jumping a little ahead here, but it looks like Alcaraz, Djokovic on a collision course. Who you got, Buck? Uh, ben Shelton. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, I think Alcaraz <laughs> is probably going to win it. He's got Medvedev in the semis, who seems like a whiner and a crier. Oh, yeah. You know, he's complaining about having to play in the heat. I think Alcaraz is going to take him down. By the way, uh, Alcaraz, 24-1 and in the last four Grand Slams. Just 20 years old, Buck. Including I mean. a win over Joker. Oof. One of the best starts to a career we've seen in. And I'll tell you what, I like uh, coming up Saturday night, the World Middleweight MMA. I like Adesanya over Strickland, too. There's your bonus pick. Ding, ding, ding. Top five on 680 The Fan, Atlanta's sports station. Yeah, exactly. Woo! Hey, here's another. Woo! The Georgia Tech hell of a block party driven by Hyundai. It's a new season, a new attitude, an all new game day tradition debuting. Saturday with the Georgia Tech hell of a block party driven by Hyundai. Fun starts at 9 a.m. It's going to run to kickoff with live music. You got vendors, food, beer concessions. Got the team and the band are going to walk through into Bobby Dodd Stadium. Plus the fans, college football today show driven by Hyundai will be live on the flats. Now admissions free and everyone is welcome to the first ever hell of a block party driven by Hyundai. From 9 to 1 on North Avenue in front of Bobby Dodge Stadium. Get more info at ramblingwreck.com. The 
Fan is proud to be the official sports talk station of the dogs. And it's time for Bulldog Roundtable with Buck Baloo. 25-20, far sideline, 15, 10, 5, get in there, touchdown! Bulldog Roundtable is proudly presented by Georgia's own credit union, Georgia Pack and Load, and by attorney Ken Nugent. And that's going to be the ball game. Georgia will win this ball game. Only on the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. Bulldogs going to take on Ball State Saturday between the hedges. And Ball State, win or lose, will take home a check for $1.6 million. I got to make my paper. Road Dog, that's a pretty good get, isn't it? $1.6 million to come play the dogs. Yeah, no doubt. Come down, play a game, and take it, take home that check. I'd do it. Yes, sir. Now, Georgia was scheduled to be in Norman, Oklahoma. Playing the uh, Oklahoma Sooners. SEC uh, told Georgia, look, we'd rather you not play Oklahoma. They're going to be joining the conference next season. So um, Georgia did what the SEC asked them to do. They told Oklahoma they wouldn't be making the trip. And then they had to go out and find somebody to play. And they were able to get Ball State in there with $1.6 million. That's going to help their program big time. Getting uh, Running into a lot of people, a lot of people inquiring about Carson Beck, saying that Beck last Saturday in his first career start appeared to be uncomfortable. And a lot of them really don't understand why. So as a former quarterback and having been through this, I'm going to try to explain it to the masses right now. See, when you're making your first career start, and you've had all these practice reps with receivers, uh, two of them specifically, two starters at receiver, that aren't going to play in your first career game as a starter, doubt creeps in on the replacement receivers that actually are going to play. You've gotten so many more reps with the number ones during practice, not as many with the backups. And now you're getting your first career start, and you got the backups out there. So there's a little bit of doubt creeping in as far as whether they're going to execute their assignment. You're hesitant to cut it loose because you're a little unsure of what they're going to do route-wise. And as a quarterback, the game moves at a lightning speed on Saturdays in college football. When that ball is snapped, the game moves really, really fast. And you're not able to think your way through the progressions, think your way through the play. You just got to react. It's a reaction. It's not a thinking thing. If you're thinking your way through the plays, you're going to be late with the ball, man. You got to react, and you got to trust in these receivers. So I think the fact that Marcus Roseme, Jack Saint, the starter at X wide receiver, who has a ton of reps with Carson Beck, you had a new guy starting at the X. So there's a little bit of doubt creeping in. I think Marcus Roseme, Jack Saint, is going to be in the ballgame Saturday. And then you had Lad McConkey, the playmaker, lining up at the slot a lot of the time. Ton of reps with Carson Beck. Didn't, didn't play in the game last weekend. He's got... Some kind of back bruise or something going on where they're trying to let him heal up before the real game start next week against South Carolina. Sounds like he's really close to being back up. Yeah, so, uh, you know, there's a chance he plays in the game on Saturday. 
So instead of having the backups in the game, you have your starters in the game that you've got confidence in, you've got chemistry with, and you're able to cut it loose. And that is my best explanation that I can give you as far as those of you that believe that Carson Beck appeared to be uncomfortable in the first game, although I, I gave him a B-plus grade with what I saw in that first game. so uh, I'm going to give this pick a B-plus. Yeah, B-plus. That's what I gave him, Carson Beck. All right, coming up on the other side, I'm going to drop two big keys to a Falcons victory over the Panthers. I'll reveal that next. Got the Buck Blue Show here on the fan, 680 and 93.7. Rise up! Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. It's the most wonderful time. No, it's not Christmas, not yet. It is the most wonderful time of the year, but Yeah, we've got uh, big-time baseball as the season winds down into the postseason. And then we got football, college, and NFL cranking it up tonight. Kansas City taking on Detroit. It's the and want to invite you to come out to our 680 The Fan and Harris Cherokee Casino Tailgate Central's Dirty Bird Tailgate. The first one coming up on Sunday, 10 to 1, corner of Marietta and Centennial. We loaded up with drinks from Corona, Modelo, fresh-made libations from Larceny Bourbon, Deep Eddie Vodka, and the long drink. We'll have complimentary bites from Flying Biscuit Cafe, Bojangles, Checkers, and WNB Factory, plus live music. Buy all that. Sounds like a party, doesn't it? Get your free ticket now at 680thefan.com slash tailgatecentral. And join us for another party in the tailgate series. Huge thanks to Corona, Modelo, Larceny Bourbon, Deep Eddie Vodka. Sounds like going to be a lot of drinking going on. Uh, Cherokee, Harris Cherokee Casino, Flying Biscuit, WNB Factory, Body Armor, Flash IV. You might need one of those at the end of the tailgate. And Georgia Power and Batteries Plus. So uh, enjoy the party prior to the game. Well, we're going to be in church. I'm going to miss the party, but I'm going to check out the Falcons game. Looking forward to that. Speaking of the Falcons, season opening game on Sunday here in downtown Atlanta, obviously. Falcons a three-and-a-half-point favorite over the Panthers. A couple of big keys to this first game that I wanted to talk about quickly as time's running out on us here. Uh, seem like Finn, I uh, hear that on the locker room show where he's always worried about the clock. They're saying, Finn, don't worry about the clock. That's because Finn's not running point. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the uh, the Falcons, man, uh, 
couple of big keys to the game, and, and here's number one. Number one, the uh, Carolina Panthers are trotting out a rookie quarterback, Bryce Young. You may have heard of him. And during the preseason, they got Bryce Young some work, which they should, get him a little experience prior to the 17-game season kicking off. And what uh, Bryce Young is probably thinking about right now at this very moment was they didn't protect me very well during the preseason. Falcons with a new defensive coordinator, Ryan Nielsen. Got a lot of new faces over there on the defensive side of the ball. And we are starving for a defensive front that can get after the quarterback. And I'm not talking about just pressuring the quarterback or hitting the quarterback. We are starving as a Falcons fan base to see somebody sack the quarterback. And Nielsen plays very aggressively on the defensive side. This will be our first opportunity to see what he's, he's going to do. It's funny you mentioned that offensive line for Carolina, but because Matt Ryan in the locker room this morning, when asked about this game, the first thing he brought up was in a, in, in a kind uh, Matty Ice way, said, yeah, their offensive line could take some time to come together and protect this young quarterback. So, right. yeah, with the new additions on defense, new guy calling the shots. Yeah. Got to get after. That's one of the keys for us uh, to winning the season opening game and having a first uh, first game win and a winning record for the first time in years is our new front seven getting after this rookie quarterback that has a suspect offensive line. So, Bud Dupree, how about showing up? Lorenzo Carter, let's show up big. Uh, Campbell, looking for you to do something. Anya Mata, how about getting after the quarterback coming from the interior? Don't have to worry about Grady. You know he's going to bring it. Got that kid we drafted a year ago. What's his name? Uh, Ibu Katie. I mean, how about showing up, dude? D'Angelo Malone. Let's get after Bryce Young. So that is the key on that side of the ball. we got to pressure the quarterback, and it looks like we'll have an opportunity to do so. And I am looking forward to seeing that. On the other side of the ball, we got a run-first head coach who's calling the plays and game-planning offensively. He wants to run the ball. He wants to play bully ball. So are we going to be able to dominate this Charlotte Panthers defensive line, this front seven. You look a year ago, Charlotte was middle of the NFL in run defense. 18th, uh, 16th, something uh, somewhere around there, if I remember correctly. Who cares? Giving up about 122 yards a game. Because, look, Arthur Smith wants to run the football. And then he wants to, once he establishes the run game, he wants his quarterback, Desmond Ritter, to throw the ball off a run-action fake is what the Falcons are all about. So Falcons got to be able to run that football, man, and then want to get after that rookie quarterback as far as the pass pro goes. Those are the two keys in this football game coming up Sunday. And then uh, we got tomorrow night, we got Friday night football and it's not on the fan. It's going to be on Extra 106.3. Uh, kickoff at 7.30. North Gwinnett taking on Parkview in our Friday night game of the week. And then stick around after the game for the Georgia High School Scoreboard Show. You're going to find it on Extra 106.3. Maybe you got that extra app. And you can find it there 
All right, because the Braves are playing. Friday night football game of the week on the Georgia High School Scoreboard Show presented by Johnny's. New York style pizza, WNB Factory, Piedmont Urgent Care, and Fox 5 Atlanta. Time for the final word. Brought to you by Howard Brothers, keeping Georgia green since 1955. All right, final word today is a shout out to a longtime friend. Be making his final start here in Atlanta tonight. Adam Wainwright from St. Simon's Glen Academy. I knew this. I knew Adam Wainwright when he was a high school football player, a heck of a high school receiver and place kicker. Drafted by the Braves, gone on to a Hall of Fame career in St. Louis. Gets the start tonight, 42-year-old right-hander, making his 504th career appearance, his 424th career start during his 18-year career. Oh, that was really nice. Needs two more wins for 200 career victories. Just hope he doesn't get that one uh, one of the two tonight. But Wainwright, man, we appreciate you. Best of luck the rest of the year. And I uh, really enjoyed watching you play all these years. That's going to do it for me, Buck Baloo Show. We'll be back tomorrow. Hope you'll join me then. Nick and Chris coming up next. Stay tuned for that here on The Fan. Thank you, Buck. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.